0: Hello, everyone. This is Jamie Flinchball, host of the People Solve Problems podcast. Uh, we are here once again with uh, a new guest, Cindy Hines. Uh, welcome, Cindy. Glad to, glad to have you here.
1: Glad to be here. Thanks, Jamie.
0: So this is going to be fun. Uh, I know you have a lot of deep experience and, and a personal viewpoint. So Cindy is the Global Director of Enterprise Excellence for A.O. Smith. Um, she has over 25 years of experience in implementing and teaching lean principles globally um, and believes that success and sustainability and continuous improvement transformation starts with creating uh, management of volition through the connection of coaching behaviors to personal value systems and I love that phrase management volition I, I, I may I may have to steal that that's a that's a great phrase
1: feel free feel free I stole it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Excellent. Yeah. We don't have to give, we don't have to, you know, track it back to the source. So, um, so, you know, I want to talk about coaching uh, with you today. Um, You know, you, you coach at every level of the organization and every function of the organization. And so have tremendously varied experiences, all that. And I think that'll really, really weigh in on today's conversation so I know you have a passion of really making coaching accessible to all people. Um because it is a it is a word that like everybody understands but nobody can explain, right? So uh, what is what does coaching mean especially in the enterprise? So why don't we just sort of start with, you know, what you consider coaching and why you think it's it's really important that it is accessible uh, in the organization.
1: Sure. So you you actually said that you think most people understand what it means. I think most people don't understand what coaching means. Uh, what I have found is a lot of misconceptions around what coaching is and what it can be. Uh, we often talk uh, about people in my organization use three different modalities. We use teaching, we use coaching, and we use mentoring in different ways. People often get coaching and mentoring mixed up and- Oops. I like to say mentoring is basically allowing others to borrow my learning curve. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you how I messed this up so you can go on to make new and different mistakes. Um, But when I'm coaching, I'm asking open-ended questions to help someone reflect on what they know, what they think they know, maybe what they don't really know that they think they know to challenge themselves around what they really want to do next. Mm -hmm. So for me, one of the things we've really focused on is helping people connect with just that very simple skill. I didn't say easy, but simple skill of asking those open ended questions and then holding the space to allow somebody to really think through the problem that is theirs to solve. Now, there's a whole bunch of stuff I've piled in there, (laughs) uh, but. In, in essence, that's one of the things that we really focus on is is teaching that basic skill of asking the open-ended question and holding the space.
0: Yeah, excellent. and, and I love those you know those three modalities because um, they you know obviously they, you can bounce between them uh, and and play all three roles right. not at the same moment, but in the same relationship. Um, but if you're not deliberate about each of those modalities, you can do all of them poorly and, and, and mess up your intent. Um, so I liked how you explain, you know, coaching in particular, really saying it's about their ownership of the problem. And, and I, I, I agree with that perspective. I, I think it's super important. So, you know, why do you, why is that so important? Why is that central? Why did you sort of open with that? <laughs> that is one of the key concepts.
1: Right. Uh- I think it's because most people think when they think coach, they think um, sports coach. right? Um, And a sports coach does that open ended, like getting people to think portion, but they also do what we call script coaching, which is how do you correct the technique? Uh, Hold your elbow higher, swing through the ball, those kinds of things. And so that's tends to be what people relate to coaching Mm -hmm. versus the other piece, which is when I ask, so what would you do different about that? That is where the real rubber hits the road. The reason I like to open with that piece of it and really explaining all of that is to correct that paradigm. And and, and again, help people recognize that anybody, you don't even have to know the technique to do uh, what I'm talking about in terms of, that success coaching, that open-ended question. I, I don't have to have the answers. I don't have to know where the person is going or the technical subject matter. I just have to know the questions to ask to help them get there.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's that, That's really important. And I, I do argue that you know the, the, the more you do know about a subject, the harder it is to stay in coaching mode. Right?
1: That's right.
0: <laughs> you can switch into mentor or, or, or teach mode. And if you don't know anything about the domain, well, all I have is coaching. Mm-hmm. All I have is questions. doesn't mean it's always better. It just is easier to stay in that mode. That's right. So That's right. open-ended questions. Um, do you consider that more, uh, you know, a menu, a recipe, um, a, a good intent? Like how, how do you, yourself or your team, how do you think about, you know, pulling from, creating, or using the 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 right and best open-ended questions.
1: So, I it really we we usually start by teaching a menu of questions, right? What and how questions avoid the why if they feel accusatory, but but providing um, a listing of current condition kind of questions, target condition kind of questions, problem you're trying to solve those types of open-ended questions at first. Because anytime somebody is learning a new technique by providing them a base level menu to start with, that gives them a bit more confidence to try and some experience. And then as they get reps under their belt, they can begin to expand and listen differently. Mm -hmm. So that's, That's what we're finding to be the most effective. And again, making it accessible for more people, reducing that fear of this is a new skill I've never done before and said, hey, well, I can... I can read those questions. And then when they answer them, I can listen um, and not give them my opinion.
0: <laughs> yep. No, and then and the, and the listening, of course, you know, if we're going to ask a question, right, we have to spend time listening. And I think that's one of the benefits of starting with a menu is you, you can, you can listen uh, without worrying about having to craft the next question. That's right. Um, and then as you get more competent, you can worry more about crafting questions while listening mm-hmm. um, and, and still listen with the right intent but right. but yeah when you're starting that's quite you know quite hard yeah so let me talk about you, you also mentioned the uh the idea of you know keep holding the space right keeping that space open for them to reflect for them to to process um i, I guess the combination is really the question is why is that so important and Uh, You know, what are tips or tricks you have to help keep that space open?
1: It's very important from the standpoint that usually the first response is not the real answer. Mm -hmm. People need space to process. And I verbally process. I can talk myself in and out of a solution 10 times. The more I talk about it, the more I am thinking through it. So having a thought partner to bounce ideas off of or just open that space to let me verbally think through it mm-hmm. is is critical. Uh, the other, from a tip perspective, what I often will tell people is count to 10.
0: Nice.
1: Typically, you will become, if you're not intentional about it, you're going to get uncomfortable and you're going to start talking just as they're about ready to start. So if, if you just count to ten slowly in your head, then you're providing that space that they need to to get really started.
0: Hmm. Yeah, and I would, I, I, yeah, I don't have no empirical evidence on this, but I'd say people are ready to start feeling comfortable at about three.
1: Yeah, that's, <laughs> so, that's what I was no. going to say. Three is about the number where somebody wants to jump in.
0: Yeah. So, uh, you know, that is, that is quite, you know, quite difficult, but, um, but yeah, and with practice and, and with good intention, that, that's, that's super important. Um, so, you know, how, how does, you know, as you talk about making it accessible to all people, how, how do you achieve that for an organization? A.O. Smith is a large organization, right? Mm-hmm. Um, people all over the world, Lots of different locations, lots of different levels of experience. Your team is only so big, so how do you how do you achieve that? How do you or how do you pursue that um, that vision?
1: We have taken a multi pronged approach. <laughs> what I mean by that is there are key leaders that we've been working with to teach these skills. So that as they have conversations with their direct reports, as they're in meetings with multiple levels, they're asking questions in this way. So they are demonstrating the behavior that we want others to begin to adopt and Mm -hmm. shadow. Uh, We've also been teaching at frontline levels. So supervisor, team leader, manager levels in the operations and not just in manufacturing in lots of different areas of our operations. Again, because they're the ones that when we're supporting our problem solvers, those supervisors need those skills to be able to support those team leads in in their problem solving. So it's really critical day in and day out that they get reps. And when our senior leaders come in and see what they're doing, they're asking the same questions that we've been teaching that supervisor how to ask. So we're reinforcing in that way. The third group that we focus in on is our CI leaders, um, our site coaches that are working with the staff of those locations, again, exhibiting the behaviors, but then also doing some of the correct, the technique correction um, in their peer group. And even if within their, for their leader, so that they understand when maybe that question didn't really come off as you intended it, or let's reflect together on how that's really driving the culture we're trying to create. So we've got multiple groups at a time that we're working with, but we're being very strategic in who we start with so that as we are continuing to expand our implementation, we are not teaching a whole bunch of supervisors to do this without their managers already understanding that behavior and how to reinforce that.
0: Yeah, that's, I'm in my head, I'm picturing an org chart with little, little, Drop it droplets uh, that, that just sort of start to expand and eventually they bleed into each other, and the organization gets covered once you get right. enough droplets across the organization. So, um, so I like the strategy, uh, you know, I, and and both the fact that you're seeding different parts of the organization, but also that each of those three vectors has a different purpose and uh, and, and approach, right? That's mm-hmm. That's role specific and and situation specific. Um, th- there's something I want to double click on something you said that I I'm just really curious about your take on. It, uh, hopefully don't get don't get too far off track. But you talked about coaching by sort of asking questions in the meetings we're in, and I I always find it uh, you know intriguing about when is coaching its own event, like hey we're going to schedule a coaching conversation, and when is it just. A moment in a pre-existing meeting where we start going into coaching mode, even if people don't know it. Um, so, do you do you think that distinction matters? Um, is it the same approach, different approach? How do you maybe distinguish those two different types?
1: I think it matters based on the relationship. So, if I have somebody from who reports to me directly then there is always going to be a direct coaching relationship in our weekly one-on-ones in, Hey, Cindy, I've got a question. There is an understood expectation, clear coaching, Mm -hmm. or even with uh, people I'm mentoring, right? They know that part of working with me, if I'm your mentor, coaching is going to be a part of that, right? So there is an agreement around that. Mm
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The other piece is what I like to call ninja coaching, <laughs> where where yeah you're in a you're in a big room and it is a coaching moment, um and, and when it's laid out like that why wouldn't you take it right because mm-hmm. now um there there's a chance for learning or deepening learning uh, just by how you behave. I, I had some some coach instructors that used to say coaching becomes who you are not what you do. Right. And I think that really, uh, to me, uh, explains kind of what I'm talking about that it, I'm in those meetings. How can I not?
0: Yeah. coach? Them? Right. Yeah. I think it takes some practice to build up that. You know, mm-hmm. I always like to say, you know, the, the switch gets stuck in on mode. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, the rest of the time you got to the practice, you've got to deliberately flip the switch and kind of check your intention, go into coaching mode. But some point it gets stuck and it's in on mode and and, and you, you bring it with with you to your engagements wherever they might be. Mm-hmm. Um so very very interesting. Where do where do tools fit into that? Whether it's problem solving tools, uh you mentioned the coaching question menu, but but you know how do you in, in, insert or inter over relate or interconnect tools and methods into the coaching capability uh, that you're driving.
1: Yeah. So one of the things that we do is when we teach or as we're developing out our coach development program, we teach three three roles of a coach. And one is the script. And so that's the tool and technique. How well are they doing against that? And then there's what we call cheerleading or how you encourage And then there is the success coach, the open-ended questions and holding the space and that type of thing. And so with the cheerleading and the success coaching, we basically say that can be applied to any tool or any script or any situation. And the script just changes Mm -hmm. where you're correcting the technique. So whether it is at a gamble board on a daily walk or whether it's in our one-on-one from a you're presenting your problem-solving flowchart, right? It's um, those three different roles that I could use at any time. The script just changes.
0: Yeah, excellent. So that that gives people a, a you know more than just a screwdriver, right? It gives them some some flexible Swiss Army knife tools to. That's right. To, to interplay situationally might might make the learning a little harder, but the the utility of it is much greater on the other end
1: that's right and so when we'll teach that script piece and so here's the 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 pieces of that tool and how you would coach that particular tool and then you still add these other two and so as someone is learning a new tool and they're rising through the ranks of their own skills then when they're ready to start coaching now here's you here's how you coach that tool because we know that doing problem solving and coaching problem solving is very different especially from a script standpoint, mm-hmm. and. And that really is the evolution of the skill set that we're trying to deliver um, to those roles, based on to those individuals, based on where they are in the organization, whether they are a frontline supervisor or whether they're a CI professional, because that CI professional is going to need to know how to coach more tools than your frontline supervisor.
0: Yep, uh, that's uh, that uh, that's great. I, I I really like um you know, sort of how they, how they come together from a user standpoint and a, I'll say an internal customer standpoint and that, that, that clear connection. Um, So let's talk about you just sort of before we wrap up your coaching, Mm -hmm. right? So you talk about what your team is doing into the organization. So let me just ask about your role as a coach. Are you coach architect of the coaching system? Are you the coach of coaches? Are you the coach of really, really important people? all three or how do you how do you play in your own system
1: yeah so coaching wasn't really part of our organization before about 5 years ago and i went through a year long program to develop my coaching skills and that really shifted how i saw my role in a lean transformation as well as what i knew about coaching mhm Doing that, I mean, I'd always been trying to develop skills or knowledge or understanding or volition in my leadership, but having those coaching skills really raised the bar in that. So I have been coaching senior leaders for for many years now and continue to do that. What I find is, one, I've, been, I've have been had a very heavy hand in architecting what our coach program looks like as an organization mm-hmm. and developing those coaches um and I do coach them some but the first thing that I typically do is send them to the same program I went through so I know they're getting a level of rigor and skill coming out of that that I can trust and then the coaching really comes in uh, when they have questions or when they need help or when they're stuck or when they would like the coaching piece
0: yep Excellent, I love it. Um, and uh, you know, lead from the front. <laughs> I always like to say, you know, leader, leadership support—that's from the back. Leadership engagement is being out in front, and and you really, you know, demonstrated that. Um, there's a lot to learn in here for our listeners, especially those that are putting together, you know, an organizational coaching program or initiative. Uh, lots of ideas and strategies and and best practices. So, Cindy, thanks for coming on and sharing your your wisdom and experience.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Fantastic. Be well. Thanks for listening to the People Solve Problems podcast. Let's keep the conversation going. Visit jflinch.com for more episodes and other content. And continue to join us on your podcast app, of course. We greatly appreciate your feedback through reviews and ratings. Consider expanding your understanding of problem-solving with Jamie's book, People Solve Problems, The Power of Every Person, Every Day, Every Problem. Available on Amazon. Until next time, keep learning, innovating, and solving problems.